Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm. Today we are talking about that basketball game. Uh, Colorado beats Milwaukee 65-54. to You win by 11, you've got to feel good, right? Like a double-digit win is a double-digit win. At the same time, Buffs had a one-point lead with three minutes to go, and it really felt like this was another game that was going to come down to the wire. And it didn't, it didn't come down to the wire... But it got about as close to down to the wire as you can get um, without being there. I don't even know what's next to the wire. What's before the wire? Um, technically, like, not a last-minute win. Uh, but, you know, the difference was that uh, Jabari Walker really stepped up. You know, for the most part, he struggled, struggled, um, but he stole the ball, dunked it, drew a foul, made the free throw, um, three-point play with two and a half minutes left in the game, hit a three-pointer on the next possession, um, just just kind of ended it himself, which is what you want to see. Um, at the same time, he struggled throughout the rest of the game, and uh, I feel like that's a good jumping-off point. Before we get into it, though, I want to remind you guys, the American Raptors are a rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. They're, uh, they're a pro team. They've taken on a bunch of different forms, but the goal is still the same as it has been for the last year or two, which is this. They want to take athletes who play other sports, teach them how to play rugby, with the idea being that, you know, the, the, the most talented athletes in the United States rarely pick rugby. So if you're somebody who played college football or something like that, and you wind up looking for another way to extend your athletic career, that's kind of what they're all about. And so they, they train at the Rugby Town National Training Center. It's where the U.S. Eagles national teams play. The Olympic teams um, train there. 
Um, and, and they're just kind of using this facility here. I, I guess it's in Aurora or Commerce City, city technically. Um, and just pumping things up, trying to get all sorts of um, athletes into the game and seeing if they can get guys onto the U.S. national team. It's a cool project, and you should definitely check it out. Okay, so where to dig in? I think let's just jump in with Jabari. Um, like I said, he has that sequence at the end of the game that just shows how dominant he can be. Is crazy athleticism. He's starting to get some really good basketball senses. He's making some good passes. Um, but again, we're still just not seeing it as much as we'd like to because we know he's capable of so much. Um, this was kind of, uh, an interesting game and it's not even just me that thinks that there were 33 NBA scouts who were at this game, um, because of this matchup between Jabari Walker and Patrick Baldwin Jr. So Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the son of Patrick Baldwin. What a dumb thing to say. But the Patrick Baldwin is the head coach for Milwaukee. And so that's why he wound up there. He's a five-star. He's, you know, NBA size, 5'11", whatever, or 6'10", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever. Um, kind of like a sniper I think he wound up actually shooting 2 of 10 from 3, which is not a good number. But if you guys watch the Nuggets, he has a very similar game to like a Michael Porter Jr. He's a projected lottery pick, and he's going up against Jabari Walker. And so for both of these guys who are potential first-rounders in this draft, this is a matchup that the NBA scouts did not want to miss. It was kind of surprising getting in there, really. So they have like the two sections of media seating um, in, in the corners of the event center, and the way that it works is that like typically like the CU staff is on one side, the media is on the other side. They kind of fill in that other side where the CU people are with scouts. And then if there's more, they come over onto the media side with this Milwaukee game. Again, this is, this is not Kansas <laughs> that's in town. And so you wondered how many reporters would be there. And I thought there'd be some empty seats. I might be able to get to spread out. No, that place was packed mostly with those scouts. Um, so that was, that was obviously you step in and you're like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. They, they really do want to see this matchup. It, it definitely wasn't a game to remember for either of these guys. Uh, like I said, Patrick Baldwin Jr., two of 10 from three. Again, you give him a little bit of credit because they're really tough shots. He's just taking all these weird step back threes and obviously missing them. It didn't work. It turns into a pretty ugly form of basketball when that doesn't work. He scores 12 points, gets five rebounds, turns the ball over a couple times. Didn't didn't show all that much. Meanwhile, Jabari, 4 of 14 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, five boards, a couple turnovers himself, a steal, a block, a foul. I, neither of these two guys really did themselves any favors. And, and Jabari really was struggling before this stretch at the end. As you could imagine when you hear 4-14 and hear that he was hot at the end of the game. Um, he missed his first seven shots, made a contested layup, and converted the and one to to get onto the board. Um, again, how much, how much can you ignore when he is the one who kind of goes out there and wins the game for the team? I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. Like, how do you grade this performance? They don't, I, I don't, you can't even say they don't win if he doesn't make those plays. Well, it's a 50-50 game probably if he doesn't make those plays at the end. 
And so you got to give him some credit for turning a 50-50 game into a 100% Buffs win. You also could say they should have had a much better chance than 50-50 to beat the Milwaukee Panthers with three minutes left in the game. And he was a key contributor in the reason that he that the team was not in that situation. So it was it was a tough showing overall with a major bright spot. Um, Keyshawn Bartholomew. He also struggled again. It was it was actually the starters in general that that kind of struggled in this game. There were a couple decent performances, but Colorado didn't score in the first five minutes of this game. Um, they they wound up getting um, uh, Lawson Lovering. I think it was a little. It was just a little layup that he hit. That was the first points. Um, they they didn't score again for another like minute and a half after that. Um, Luke O'Brien scored on a goal 10. That was the next one. Then Neat Clifford score. Luke O'Brien had a really nice sequence right there. Um, makes a tough contested layup and then knocks down a three-pointer. Played some good defense. He wasn't on the court all that much. Um, let me see here. Ten minutes, which is more than he has been getting, I guess. But ten minutes, he's four or five from the field. Puts up nine points. Um a couple of boards. He did turn the ball over once, made up for it with the steal. Um, actually, the only player in the negatives. He's a minus two on the game, only negative for Colorado, which surprises me because he was playing really well in that stretch, really sparked the, the team. Um, but, I mean, what is that? That's five, six buckets before you get any of the starters to get on the board. Um, Evan Batty was the actual, or actually the first starter to score. He scored a layup with about eight minutes left in the first half. I mean, all of, you don't like to see it. it. You need those starters to be more consistent because those are your more veteran players. It's still not the most veteran starting lineup, but compared to this bench, you should have a little bit more stability there. Um, to need that spark off the bench, I mean, that's something that happens in basketball. You see plenty of teams have plenty of games where they need a spark off the bench. That just hasn't been the the model for Colorado this season because the bench has struggled so much. And so this obviously is kind of a two-way street here. You you like seeing that the the bench is able to provide that spark because that's a tough time to try to provide it. Um, you don't necessarily like seeing the starter struggle. I mentioned Keyshawn Bartholomew. He misses his first four shots. He finishes with four points. He's two of seven from the field. Misses all four of his three-point attempts. Um, four boards, three assists. One turnover, one block. I mean, it's not... Again, you don't want to reduce somebody to their shooting stats. Um, but in the case of Keyshawn Bartholomew, this has been a, a long struggle of not being able to to score the basketball. I mean, we've talked about how he started the season over and over and over again. What was it? 19 points in the first game, then 20, then 22, doing it all incredibly efficiently. And it looked like the, the Buffs had a nice punch out of that point guard spot. Um, you know, he made 11 of his first 16 three-point shots. Since then, though, he's missed 20 of 21. He's made one of his last 21 three-pointers. And I don't know what's up with that, but it needs to change. Otherwise, Colorado's going to continue to struggle because that's one of the strengths of Keyshawn's game is making those three-pointers. This one-for-21 stretch is just painful to watch. I mean, again, he's doing he's doing some other things well. He's still attacking the rim a little bit. 
Um, he's not turning the ball over all that much, playing some decent defense. I think, I mean, he had, he was tied for the best plus minus on the team in this game, um, tied actually with KJ Simpson, which is interesting, but another tough shooting night. Um, Tristan De Silva, another tough shooting night for him. Uh, one of six from the field, winds up with two points, misses all three of his three-point attempts, three rebounds, an assist, a turnover, a block, a steal. <sighs> there's, there's, he's another guy who you just see the talent and you see it come through in spurts and just figuring out, first of all, what, where do you want him? Do you want him just sitting in the corner taking knock or taking open threes and seeing if he can knock him down? Maybe. Do you want him in the post? If you want him in the post, is he down there, you know, posting up, um, trying to use that footwork, trying to get some some good looks up at the rim? Um, you could even try him in the pick and roll. I don't know, but it just hasn't clicked for him yet, um, which is kind of the story for a lot of guys on this team. It's crazy because. Again, these these podcasts are very dark when we talk about the basketball team. They're eight and three. Like they're still winning the games. It's just not winning as pretty as we'd like. Um, and I don't like to put too much stock into that sort of thing. But a lot of the teams that Colorado scheduled for the, for the early season, these non conference games, they haven't been the most challenging opponents. And so you you wonder when day in day out you're taking on a, a decent opponent. At the at the worst and likely you know the top fifty team in the country, what is that going to look like? Is this is this sustainable? You know, obviously we've said this over and over again. You don't mind having these reps late in games, trying to figure out how to go out there and win basketball games, and they've only been beaten in late game situations once when it's come down to the wire, and they've won six or seven of them, six of them I think, and that's not counting this one. So, again, it's it's all a give and take, but they they got it done when they needed to, and I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway. The slow start from the starters, though, is another really big takeaway that we have after this one. Real quick, Hassle Cattle Company is the website that you should be spending all of your time on right now because you need to set up a Christmas dinner. They've got you all set up. They also... Make for a great gift. Um, right now, if you want to order some Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company, you can use the code DMVR15 and get 15% off your entire purchase. That's an incredible deal, and it's incredible beef. Like I said, it's Wagyu beef. It's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they really do everything right. Uh, they don't use hormones. They don't use antibiotics, nothing like that. They just give you great Wagyu smoked sausages, New York strip, beef bacon, a Wagyu Frank without any fillers. They've got different jerky flavors. Um, they've won awards from Food Network for their hamburger. It is really great beef, and it's already affordable even before that 15% off you can get with the code DNVR15. So definitely go check them out um, and, and make them a part of your holiday season. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings does incredible work for me because I get to make money. I actually didn't make any bets on that Buffs basketball game. I did say, though, a couple days ago, the DraftKings pick of the week, take Milwaukee to cover and the Buffs to win. And guess what happened? Milwaukee covered, the Buffs win, and it's just what happens. That's the way these games go. You, you see the Buffs night in and night out. I mean, what, they've covered the spread twice this season? Rough. 
really rough. But for those of us who are watching the games and can see these things happening, just go make your money. Um, there's so many ways to do it. There's football games. They, they've got an awesome promotion again this week. Just bet $1 on any team to score in this week's NFL slate. You'll get $100 in free bets as long as they put a point in the bo- on the board. It's that simple with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and the official betting partner of the NFL. So make sure that you check those out. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers-only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, what else do we have from this game? Uh, Evan Batty. Evan Batty was back to himself. You know, he's had a couple of tough shooting nights recently. Um, and actually had a tough start to the game. I mean, as you'd expect, just like all these starters. But he had a couple defensive lapses, just rebounds he should have gotten that he didn't get. Um, I'm not worried about it. Everybody's going to have a couple minutes where they do dumb things. And his were right there. And then he was back to himself for the rest of the game. Um, it's a game of basketball. But... He puts up 15 points. That's the most on the team. He's 6 of 8 from the field. Doesn't shoot a 3, which is interesting. You know, this has become a bit of a trend. Not so quick to pull the trigger from deep recently. Um, five rebounds. Only one foul. Uh, only one turnover with a block and a steal. Just a good, solid night from Evan. Um, maybe didn't put up the rebounding numbers you'd expect, especially on the defensive boards. But... I mean, what you want from him is just like a high-efficiency 12 or so points. And when you're getting 6 of 8 and 15 points, you're thrilled. Um, His game is just to be kind of that steadying force, somebody who can contribute, somebody who, you know, you haven't gotten a bucket in a minute, see if Evan can make something happen. Um, See if you can get him some mismatches down there, run the pick and roll with him, some of those sorts of things. His job shouldn't be to to put up, honestly, to be the leading scorer. That's just not his game. But tonight, when it was kind of a, a group effort to put the points on the board, you know, he had 15. Walker had 14. Eli Parquet was third with 11. Everybody else, you know, nine for O'Brien. Four, four, two, four, two. It's, they needed him to step up and be efficient, and that's exactly what he was. Um, you hope that you get more of this from him going forward because, like I said, there were a couple tough shooting games. He hadn't shot 50% from the field in... I think three straight games coming into this one. So good to see him start to get back to himself and would be really good to see that continue. Um, Eli Parquet, actually, when this was going on, I didn't realize he had 11 points. I remember the three-pointer, but again, it's, I guess, four from the free throw line. So those are those are seven of the points. And so we're down to four more. Just doing Eli Parquet things. 11 points, three or four from the field. Um, five boards, two fouls. One was a pretty rough call. One was a turn or one turnover, um, a block, a steal. Again, a lot like Evan Batty. Um, we talked about this a couple days ago too. Um, I think we're saying, what, is he going to go one for four or two for four or something like that? That's kind of the way it goes with Eli Parquet and you get these three for four nights, which is what you want. You know, keep him around 50% shooting just because he isn't taking too many shots that aren't wide open. Um, let him knock those down. Let him provide his 10 points a night or so. And even 10 might be a little bit high. You know, he's just another good player. You have him, you have Batty playing good basketball, and they're really setting the foundation for some of these other guys to pop. You know, 
Keyshawn didn't pop. Tristan De Silva didn't pop. Jabari Walker didn't really pop, but he had enough of a pop at the end that that was enough to go win them the game, uh, combined with that bench effort that we talked about. Um, K.J. Simpson doing K.J. Simpson things, getting downhill. Um, Neat Clifford had a nice finish, um, four points for each of them. Lawson Lovering only had the two points the, for the first points for the Buffs in the game, but he had some nice minutes out there. Um, he, he's active, he's moving his feet well. I think he's starting to look quite a bit better defensively. Um, again, we've said this over and over again this season. We'll continue to say it. We are playing the long game with Lawson Lovering. By the end of the year, I think that he probably is one of the five best players on this team. Just got to keep working and working and figuring things out. It's just a very different game for him. You know, KJ Simpson coming in, obviously he's going to get a lot better too, but what did he do in high school? He put his head down and got to the basket. What does he do here in in the Pac-12? Puts his head down and gets to the basket. Now things like finishing and some of that come with time. The defense will come with time. But for Lawson Lovering, when you're just seven feet tall playing Wyoming high school basketball and dropping the ball in the bucket over guys' heads for, you know, that's at least 10 points a game, just just doing that sort of stuff. And then he, he had good moves. It's not like he's just tall. And we talked a lot about this when he was being recruited. You know, he's really exciting because he is so skilled because he does seem to have good passing senses and those sorts of things. But being a big man in Power 5 basketball is very different. Power six, I guess it's basketball, but um, then being in Wyoming and just being really tall and being able to do a lot of your damage just by doing that. You know, it's it's like we say with, uh, you know, Jabari or Tristan a little bit too, but he's not really in that situation. But Jabari, you know, he should be able to go get a couple offensive rebounds and score some points off of those offensive rebounds. Um and if you just get two or three of those nice easy ones or or you know combine combine the the putback points with the you know there's a pick and roll and your defender gets sucked up and you're down low in the post and you just your defender leaves you so you're kind of wide open down there those defensive lapses crib when you're somebody who's playing down in the post there should be some free points out there every game and for Jabari if he can get six or eight of those every single night and then add in a three-pointer and a couple decent-looking jump shots, well, then all of a sudden, he's he's scoring in the in double figures pretty easily. When you're lost and loving playing high school basketball, you should be able to grab that rebound every single time just about, and, and you probably wind up with 12 easy points every game. Those are not so easy to come by here, especially when you're not used to having guys who are bigger than you or stronger than you around. That's probably never happened to him in his career. So, again... All this stuff is just going to come with time. I, th- I think these last couple games, we've seen some of his best basketball, which isn't a surprise. I mean, he, he has more games under his belt. We're expecting to see progression. There's going to be breakthroughs. There's going to be setbacks. But I think we're seeing some positive trends here. Um, I think that's just about it. Uh, ooh, Julian Hammond, they did bring him in. Um, he played three minutes in the first half, kind of trying to, to get things figured out when the offense was struggling. Didn't play at all in the second half. So, again, we'll just keep tabs on that. He'd been in the rotation these last couple games. I don't know what this rotation looks like once we get into Pac-12 play. Um, kind of depends on what you're getting consistently out of these point guards or if you want to share the burden a little bit more. Um, I think that's all I've got for today. We'll be back soon talking about some football here on Monday. So I'll see you then.